Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing another episode. And before we get started, let's say a word of prayer so that way the Lord will be with us. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for all of the many blessings that you give to us. Lord, we ask that you be with our hearts and our minds so that we receive the truth that you give to us. Lord, help us to change when necessary, even though it might be hard. And help us to give up those things which we hold dear because nothing is worth losing out eternity with you. Lord, we ask that you help us to continue to be more like you in every way. Help us to prepare for heaven and your soon coming, which is near. We thank you and praise you for all that you have done for us and are doing for us. We ask all these things in your wonderful, holy, precious son's name. Amen. All right, so today is going to be a very unique topic discussion, and I know that probably a lot of you will not like what I am about to say, but we must speak the truth whether people like what we have to say or not. So here it goes. Now, as many of you know, the baseball season has just ended and football season is coming upon us fast. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to talk about this topic. There is always a season of games going on, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, baseball, or any other sports you see on TV. There's always something going on. And today I'm going to talk about what the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy have to say about competitive sports. I would also like to point out some facts. As I was saying, throughout all history, the world has had competitive sports. And although we don't know the first competitive sport that was ever invented or the first game that was invented, we have all heard about different stories, especially those from the Roman Colosseum. People all over the then known world would come to the Colosseum and witness the brutal games that were put on display. Gladiators fighting against gladiators, gladiators against lions, gladiators against the Christians, and lions against the Christians, and other variations. And people would cheer and be spurned on by the brutality that they witnessed. The people wanted more. They cried for the bloodshed, and they would witness innocent men, women, and children being killed for what they believed. And people would be enslaved to become gladiators, too. So this wasn't always freedom of choice to be involved in these games of brutality. The fiercest, strongest would survive. And if you weren't, you would be killed. That's a horrible way to enjoy something by crying out for bloodshed and death. And nowadays, we do think that's horrible. And we would say we would never witness those kinds of atrocities. Yet, in a sense, we have and are still doing it. Because some of that brutality is still going on today in some of the games that we witness. Sure, there may not be murder on the field, but the games are very similar with the brutality and the injuries that they sustain leads to their early demise. These men have to retire early from sport because they get head injuries and arm injuries and hand injuries and feet injuries and you get the idea. Their spinal cords get messed up and they can no longer play so they have to have an early retirement and people don't care how these injuries affect these men. They want these men to play. They want them to succeed. And even the men themselves continue because they can't imagine doing anything else. And they love the power and the money and everything else that goes with it. They love the sport as well for some strange reason. And the reasons that they do it are endless. And speaking of the money, these people spend thousands and thousands of dollars going to these games. And they work 
work themselves into a frenzy over the games that people act irrational people get into fights they will sit out in the cold and in the rain just to witness these sports but if they were offered to go to church on a snowy cold day they would find excuses not to go but these people will go out in all sorts of weather just to be able to go and witness these sports and they go crazy over them and they treat these people as their idols and they love them and want their autographs and all these other things they idolize them which is wrong in and of itself and spending this money which could be used for people who are dying of starvation and are in needs of homes is a much better way to spend the money than spending it paying these players who make so much money and these men get into debt when they're young because some of them don't know how to manage their money some of them turn to gambling and get into debt and they buy fancy cars and houses and they get an injury and they have to retire and they can't play anymore and then they're out all that money they were making it's an endless cycle they get into and for what just so that they can have these few years of glory and then once they retire they become coaches or whatever but is that any way that we should be spending our time or spending our money I can almost guarantee that the Lord would not attend those games or spend his money on those activities I mean it's a ridiculous amount of money and workers who work hard at their job barely make ten dollars an hour while these men play for only a season and they make millions it is not only the brutality or the money but it's also you know how the people themselves act they get fierce and they get into fights like I was saying before and people have raged and like hit their TVs and gotten so upset when their team loses and they place bets on the game and lose even more money because they're gambling on which team is going to win and they get sad or angry or super excited all over a game not only do the emotions run high but it also causes a great amount of stress for both player and spectator. I mean it's also a great waste of time. All of the hours spent watching these games could be spent winning souls to Christ. I also heard somewhere that, and I'm not totally sure if this is accurate or not, but it wouldn't surprise me that during the Super Bowl when there's so many people concentrating on the game that crime runs its highest and the human trafficking industry is at its highest during this time because the Super Bowl is a great distraction but it makes perfect sense if that is true because all of these people are in this place and distracted about what's going on with the game so criminals are like okay we see an opportunity here let's get involved in what we need to get done so it is sad indeed that this world is more concerned about these games and these distractions but satan would have it so he wants people to be distracted he wants them to be pleased with what's going on so that it will distract distract them from the problems of the world, from what's going on in their lives, from the things that they need to change, from seeing the devastation around them by seeing that signs are being fulfilled and that Jesus is coming quickly. You tell them, oh, you can't play a game or watch the games anymore. People get mad at you. They get upset. They don't want to hear anything about giving up their sports because they love it. And that is sad indeed. For Philippians 2, 3 says, let nothing be done 
done through strife or vainglory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves and what is this it's competition this is exactly what they do they are striving to make each team better than the other or players better than one another and strife is competition vainglory is i'm number one i am the best i am like no other in my field or we are the best and they want to be applauded and told how well they did and when nothing is supposed to be done through strife or vainglory proverbs 16 18 says pride goeth before destruction and in haughty spirit before a fall i don't think that anything causes more pride than when those teams and people win at the games that they play and they love hearing the crowds cheer and chant their names they love signing their autographs and going out and meeting people it's all about appealing to their sense of pride and so they work hard to be number one and they go out of their way to beat out other people when that's not what we should be doing and besides that psalms 101 3 says i will set no wicked thing before mine eyes i hate the work of them that turn aside it shall not cleave to me and romans 13 10 says love worketh no ill to his neighbor therefore love is the fulfilling of the law so they dance in a high five or some other ridiculous gestures performed and like i said before thousands applaud when they win and are we to cause pain to others and then celebrate is that the attitude of heaven it's no different than when the people were cheering for the murders of the christians in the roman Colosseum and the other blood shedding that went on these people are crying out for a victory and they want it and they cheer when their team wins it's no different than when they cheered for the gladiators to win and that is very sad because that means that they could be susceptible to those kinds of sports again these sports are no better than the sports that were throughout history now i want to read some spirit of prophecy quotes and comment on them ah 512.3 says between the associations of the followers of christ for christian recreation and worldly gatherings for pleasure and amusement will exist a marked contrast instead of prayer and the mentioning of christ and sacred things will be heard from the lips of worldlings the silly laugh and the trifling conversation their idea is to have a general high time their amusements commence in folly and end in vanity 6mr 127.1 says among the youth the passion for football games and other kindred selfish gratifications have been misleading in their influence watchfulness and prayer and daily consecration to god have not been maintained converse communion with god is life to the soul the light has been beclouded and it was well pleasing to satan to have the impression go forth that notwithstanding the wonderful work of the holy spirit in behalf of our institutions of learning and the office of publication and the church they fell back to be overcome by temptation satan and evil workers cast reflection upon god and his name has been dishonored so when we put these games in our school and do these sorts of sports it is displeasing to god it's dishonoring and satan wants this above all because it undermines the lord because as we will see further on it beclouds the mind this is from ah 499 i do not condemn the simple exercise of playing ball but this even in its simplicity may be overdone i shrink always from the almost sure result which follows in the wake of these amusements it leads to an outlay of means that should be expended in bringing the light of truth to souls that are perishing out of christ the amusement expenditure 
pictures of means for self-pleasing which lead one step by step to self-glorifying and the educating in these games for pleasure produce a love and passion for such things that is not favorable to the perfection of christian character that is solemn words indeed we have to be very careful in how we spend our time recreationally because even the act of playing catch back and forth can get out of hand if we're not careful competition is never good and again from ah page 500 other athletic games though not so brutalizing are scarcely less objectionable because of the excess to which they are carried they stimulate the love of pleasure and excitement thus fostering a distaste for useful labor a disposition to shun practical duties and responsibilities they tend to destroy a relish for life's sober realities and its tranquil enjoyments thus the door is open to dissipate and lawlessness with their terrible results so even if the sport isn't as brutal as football is or one of the other sports like soccer or things like that it doesn't mean they're any less good because they lead the mind away from the lord competition is never a good idea vain glory and wanting to put yourself above another is pride tm 84.1 says the once earnest christian who enters into these sports is on the downgrade he has left the region pervaded by the vital atmosphere of heaven and has plunged into an atmosphere of mist and fog it may be some humble believer is induced to join in these sports but if he maintains his connection with christ he cannot in heart participate in the exciting scene the words he hears are not congenial for they are not the language of canaan the speakers do not give evidence that they are making melody in their hearts to god but there is unmistakable evidence that god is forgotten he is not in all their thoughts these parties of pleasure and gatherings for exciting sports made up of those who profess to be christians are profanation of religion and the name of god very solemn words indeed what always accompanies these games is the after parties and that is not pleasing to the lord either because what goes on there is nothing that an angel or jesus himself would want to attend because there's alcohol and drugs and things going on that shouldn't be going on until you're married need i say any more 19 mr 118.4 says i entreat the students in our schools to be sober-minded the frivolity of the young is not pleasing to god their sports and games open the door to a flood of temptations you are in possession of god's heavenly endowment in your intellectual faculties and you should not allow your thoughts to be cheap and low a character formed in accordance with the precepts of god's word will reveal steadfast principles and pure noble aspiration the holy spirit cooperates with the powers of the human mind and high and holy impulses are the sure result so when we are doing right the holy spirit will cooperate with us and help us to have high and holy impulses and our character will be pure we must be steadfast we must not let these things distract us because if we start and say oh it's just innocent you know it's just a little game of competition friendly competition is good you're going down a wrong road no competition is good it creates this act of oh i need to be better i need to do this because then they'll like me more or i'll be better at this because then they'll love me more or they'll want me more and they'll like me more that's not something we need to be doing we need to be kind and loving and generous and sometimes we need to step back and let others shine that is what true christianity is about 
about. EH09910.2 says, Brother Day, the Lord let his blessing rest upon you last spring. She's talking to this Brother Day person. She continues with, But you did not see the relation watchfulness and prayer sustained to a progress in the divine life. You have neglected these duties, and the result has been that darkness has enshrouded you. You have been in a state of uncertainty and distrust. You have frequently chosen for your society those who are in darkness, those whom Satan uses to scatter from Christ. You could live among the most corrupt and remain unstained, unsullied, if God in his providence thus directed you. But it is dangerous for those who wish to honor God to choose for their companions those who fear not God and be pleased and entertained with their society. Satan is ever surrounding such, and great darkness is around about them. And if those who profess Christ go unbidden into this darkness, they tempt the devil to tempt them. If God requires us to go amid infernal spirits, where is the blackest darkness, in order to do good and glorify his name, he will encircle us with his angels and keep us unsullied. But if we seek the company of sinners and are pleased with their coarse jests and are entertained and amused with their stories, sports, and ribaldry, the pure and holy angels remove their protection and leave us to the darkness we have chosen. Those are very solemn words indeed, and these words apply to each and every single one of us. We need to be careful whom we choose to associate with and whom we spend our time with, because if we have friends that are cursing and telling these jokes that are not appropriate and spending their time in these parties and doing all of this worldliness, it will drag you down inevitably. Over a course of time, whether you realize it or not, you start to change. We must stand apart. We must be in the world, but not a part of the world. We must be a light to the world so that they can see that there's something about us. We must witness to them, giving them the light that they otherwise would not have seen. In CSA 22.6, it says, many parents seek to promote the happiness of their children by gratifying their love of amusement. They allow them to engage in sports and to attend parties of pleasure and provide them with money to use freely in display and self-gratification. The more the desire for pleasure is indulged, the stronger it becomes. The interest of these youth is more and more absorbed in amusement until they come to look upon it as the great object of life. They form habits of idleness and self-indulgence that make it almost impossible for them ever to become steadfast Christians. We need to start when they're young. When you're raising your children, you need to guard them because what you teach and train them will form them into the adults that they become. And if it's too late and you grew up and are adults now, it's not too late to repent and to change your lifestyle. We can get rid of our selfishness and our idleness and we can give up those things which we once loved like sports and entertainment with the help of the Lord. We cannot do it alone, but through much prayer, we can overcome Satan. We must be willing to do our part and the Lord will do his. CSA 23.1 through 3 says, the pursuit of pleasure 
pleasure and amusement centers in the cities. Many parents who choose a city home for their children, thinking to give them greater advantages, meet with disappointment and too late repent their terrible mistake. The cities of today are fast becoming like Sodom and Gomorrah. The many holidays encourage idleness. The exciting sports, theater going, horse racing, gambling, liquor drinking, and revealing stimulate every passion to intense activity. The youth are swept away by the popular current. Those who learn to love amusement for its own sake open the door to a flood of temptations. They give themselves up to social gaiety and thoughtless mirth, and their intercourse with pleasure lovers has an intoxicating effect upon the mind. They are led from one form of dissipation to another until they lose both the desire and the capacity for a life of usefulness. Their religious aspirations are chilled. Their spiritual life is darkened. All the nobler faculties of the soul, all that link man with the spiritual world, are debased. It is true that some may see their folly and repent. God may pardon them, but they have wounded their own souls and brought upon themselves a lifelong peril. The power of discernment which ought ever to be kept keen and sensitive to distinguish between right and wrong is in a great measure destroyed. They are not quick to recognize the guiding voice of the Holy Spirit or to discern the devices of Satan. Too often in time of danger, they fall under temptation and are led away from God. The end of their pleasure-loving life is ruined for this world and for the world to come. Cares, riches, pleasures, all are used by Satan in playing the game of life for the human soul. The warning is given, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. He who reads the hearts of men as an open book says, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life. Luke 21, 34. And the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit writes, they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. We are on the very verge of the time of trouble, and perplexities that are scarcely dreamed of are before us. A power from beneath is leading men to war against heaven. Human beings have confederated with satanic agencies to make void the law of God. The inhabitants of the world are fast becoming as the inhabitants of the world in Noah's day, who are swept away by the flood, and as the inhabitants of Sodom, who were consumed by the fire from heaven. The powers of Satan are at work to keep minds diverted from eternal realities. The enemy has arranged matters to suit his own purposes. Worldly business, sports, the fashion of the day, these things occupy the minds of men and women. Amusements and unprofitable readings spoil the judgment. In the broad road that leads to eternal ruin, there walks a long procession. The world filled with violence, revealing, and drunkenness is converting the church. The law of God, the divine standard of righteousness, is declared to be of no effect. Are we to wait until the fulfillment of the prophecies of the end before we say anything concerning them? Of what value will our words be then? Shall we wait until God's judgments fall upon the transgressors before we tell them how to aid them? Where is our faith 
in the word of God? Must we see things foretold come to pass before we will believe what he has said? In clear, distinct rays, light has come to us, showing us that the great day of the Lord is near at hand, even at the doors. Let us read and understand before it is too late. These are very, very important words, very powerful words. And that is the last paragraph was from CCH 64.4 as well. And it's true. This is exactly what I've been saying. Satan uses all these distractions. And the more that we do, the more that we want to do it. It never is enough. One thing leads to another thing to another thing until before we know it, we are not happy anymore until we are so busy and doing all of these things. And even while we're in the midst of what we consider pleasure now, we're still unhappy. It's still not enough for us because something is missing and we don't know what it is because we have lost sight of what we have. Or those people who never knew of the light that we have, they're out there doing these things too. They're searching. But with all of the pleasures of the world, they're still sad. They're still empty. And they're searching for the light that we have to give them. We must tell them of the love of Jesus. We must warn them of the things to come so that they can avoid them and come into the truth. Because we do have clear, distinct rays of light. And we need to share that light with the world. Because time is getting close and very soon this world is going to come to an end and Jesus is coming to take us home. And we must be ready. We cannot wait until these things are happening all around us and signs are being fulfilled. Because it'll be too late then. We must act now. Now is the time for us to change. Now is the time when we have the ability to pray and read our Bibles and to go and share the truth to the world. Our freedom is slowly being taken away from us. We must act now. And in MYP 391.1 and 2, it says, every talent of influence is to be sacredly cherished and used for the purpose of gathering souls to Christ. Young men and young women should not think that their sports, their evening parties, and musical entertainments as usually conducted are acceptable to Christ. Light has been given me again and again that all our gatherings should be characterized by a deciding religious influence. If our young people would assemble to read and understand the scriptures, asking, what shall I do that I may have eternal life? And then place themselves unitedly upon the side of truth. The Lord Jesus would let his blessing come into their hearts. Recreation is needful to those who are engaged in physical labor and is still more essential for those whose labor is principally mental. It is not essential to our salvation nor for the glory of God to keep the mind laboring constantly and excessively, even upon religious themes. There are amusements such as dancing, card playing, chess, checkers, etc., which we cannot approve because heaven condemns them. These amusements open the door for great evil. They are not beneficial in their tendency, but have an exciting influence, producing in some minds a passion for those plays which lead to gambling and dissipation. All such plays should be condemned by Christians, and something perfectly harmless should be substituted in their place. Also, in St. June 29, 1882, it says, The young naturally desire activity, restless and impatient of control, and thus are led to engage in the rude, unmanly sports 
that disgrace so many schools and colleges and even to plunge into scenes of actual dissipation. Many of the youth who left their homes innocent are corrupted by their associations at school. So we shouldn't even be attending schools that offer these sorts of sports because it is not anything good. It is a disgrace and it leads our young people to become corrupt and leads into all sorts of these debasing things, which is sad indeed. So when you are choosing to go to a school that has these sorts of entertainments in place, you are not honoring the Lord. In in Education 2.12 and 2.13, it says, no recreation helpful only to themselves will prove so great a blessing to the children and youth as that which makes them helpful to others. Naturally enthusiastic and impressible, the young are quick to respond to suggestion. In planning for the culture of plants, let the teacher seek to awaken an interest in beautifying the school grounds and the school room. A double benefit will result. That which the pupils seek to beautify, they will be unwilling to have marred or defaced. A refined taste, a love of order, and a habit of caretaking will be encouraged. And the spirit of fellowship and cooperation developed will prove to the pupils a lifelong blessing. So gardening is an excellent thing to do to spend your time taking care of the plants, tending to them, and you also learn valuable lessons. These are the kinds of things that need to be taught, not the sports and the entertainment. FE 63.1 and 2 says, Under the cover of darkness, boys collect in groups to learn their first lessons in card playing, gambling, smoking, and wine or beer sipping. The sons of religious parents venture into the saloons for an oyster supper or some similar indulgence, and thus place themselves in the way of temptation. The very atmosphere of these resorts is redolent with blasphemy and pollution. No one can long remain in it without becoming corrupted. It is by such associations that promising youth are becoming inebriates and criminals. The very beginnings of the evil should be guarded against. Parents, unless you know that their surroundings are unexceptionable, do not permit your children to go into the streets after nightfall to engage in outdoor sports or to meet other boys for amusement. If this rule be rigidly enforced, obedience to it will become habitual and the desire to transgress will soon cease. Those who are seeking to shield the youth from temptation and to prepare them for a life of usefulness are engaged in a good work. We are glad to see in any institution of learning a recognition of the importance of proper restraint and the discipline for the young. May the efforts of all such instructors be crowned with success. We must not indulge our youth. We must not let them go gallivanting about by themselves. Free association is dangerous and I can get into that in a further podcast and maybe I will but we cannot let our children just go off by themselves and become influenced by other people. We must guard them. It is our duty to the Lord to teach them the right way and to guard them from the corrupt paths because they are easily influenced. And there's so many other quotes about the sports, but I think you get my meaning that this is very bad. This is nothing that the Lord would want us to do. And I highly encourage you to do a study about it yourself. Not only are competitive sports not of God in any way, shape, or form, and we should not go to them or watch them or participate in them in any way, it also destroys our the health. It is not according to the health message and competition is no good. Competition 
competition can make friends into enemies. People get upset and then once they were best friends, they're now enemies and they cut off all ties and they no longer speak because of some argument about the game. And it goes against our health message, as I've said time and time again. Not only during the season, but off season as well. They have to train their bodies and the training is so extensive and harsh on the body that they maintain this muscle and maintain their health and it's not good for you to be doing all that. Sports are very dangerous. God would not have his people act in a way that would put themselves in these conditions where they are injured and have brain trauma and they can't move their bodies in a way that they used to because their shoulder was injured or they tore tendon or you get the idea. And I know a lot of people love these games and they don't like the idea of giving them up as I've said before. But we need to ask ourselves the question, do we want to spend this time now in these amusements and in these sports and lose out on salvation and all of eternity? Or do we want to give up that which the Lord hates and be with him for all eternity? We need to give it up because we love the Lord, because we know that he has our best interests in mind and he knows what's best for us. He would not ask us to do this if it wasn't important. And there have been many reasons shown here why it is important to give this up. Our very salvation is what is at stake here. Our very souls are on the line and we must be prepared to lose our soul if we are not willing to give up that which we hold so dear. And it is hard and you will be tempted, but you can have a way of escape with the Lord. You must cling to him. You must go to him, pray to him and and ask for his help because he is willing and able to keep you from temptation and to keep you from falling. Now, does this mean that we can't take our children out and play catch with them? No, catch is an innocent thing, but you have to be careful with it so that it doesn't involve competition. Neither does flying a kite or tossing a frisbee or going out to have a picnic. But when you do these things with your children, just be careful that there's no competition involved, that you are having innocent fun with them and spending your time as a family together is very important. Being out in nature and learning of God, there's nothing better that you can do than spend time with your family. It's better than all sitting around a tube watching other people have fun. You go out and experience life for yourself. Teach them of the Lord. Teach them of his goodness. Read to them. Sing hymns with them. Figure out a way to have a good time with them that would please the Lord, that would bring honor to his name and not displease him and spend your time in a more profitable way. You figure out something better to do with your time than to spend it doing this entertainment stuff. Go out and help people. Be of service to others instead of wasting your time doing things that aren't profitable. You know, just make a list of things that you could do and write it out instead of the stuff that you already are doing. Find a replacement, something that is going to be of benefit and something that the Lord would be pleased with. And ask yourself, is this something that the Lord will be pleased with? And if the answer is no, then we must give it up. And all of the competitive sports and those that are named here, none of them are good or pleasing. So we know those are off the list as well. So with all of this being said, do your own study. I pray that this study was helpful for you. And I know that this might 
come a bit hard to some of you, but I pray that you will take it to the Lord and ask him for help in this matter and know that the Lord will be with you and help you through this and study for yourself. And once you have learned, share this with others because it is very important, especially with the season of football coming up. There's always a sport going on no matter what season it is. So this is always good to share this information. And it doesn't matter what people may say of you or think of you. We must share the truth regardless. Now, remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And with all of this being said, let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the Lord.